one of the key words or the key word that you mentioned in this title is optimizing. Dr. Sandra Stone from the research lab at the University of South Florida, Human Trafficking, Trafficking in Persons Research Lab, is a doctor and knows the research. She knows the data of what's going on here in the United States with human trafficking. We met, had a brief dinner, or she had coffee, I had dinner on Thursday night. I went to the human trafficking lab in December to meet with uh, Dr. Joan Reed and Dr. Brianna Fox uh, to talk about what they're doing, what are their goals. Traffic Jam Live produces concerts. What are you doing producing concerts to try to make a difference in the world of human trafficking? It goes back to that word, optimizing, optimizing philanthropy. In our discussion on Thursday night, Sandra said to me, and I mirrored back to her, when you save one person or you save 100 people, there's still 100 people behind that line. There's still people coming into the human trafficking space right here in America. And if you had any idea of the data that she's pouring through, you'd almost be crying what you would see. Virtually no one has any idea of the depths of sex trafficking here in the United States. The data is outrageous, but it's also difficult to gauge the quality of it because it comes from a lot of different sources. Most people will not report that they were a sex trafficking survivor, and those that do don't want to tell you about it. So it's really, really difficult. A couple of key points that I'll share that surprised me and part of the reasons why I jumped into this about six years ago. In the United States, roughly 50% of human trafficking cases, sex trafficking cases in 2020, the federal cases, were girls and boys under the age of 18. That's horrendous. Also, when I speak to people, most people think it's over there internationally or it's international folks here. It's 88% young girls and boys from America in America, and no one gets that. That needs to change. All right, so go back to optimizing philanthropy. How do we get out in front of this? How do we make an impact that is massive? Well, our plan is a total disruptor. I come from... IBM to Sony, 15 years of Sony, entertainment, music. Dig it. As a kid, Sound of Music. You remember, some of you may remember Sound of Music. I cried listening to some of those songs. The ability to deliver messaging in music is a huge disruptor and very powerful, I think, for many, many people. Now, my work with Sony enabled us to work with artists, management companies, concerts, stuff like that. We are looking to get huge artists to draw huge audiences that have no idea about human trafficking. We produce these concerts and then stream them. And through the stream, really because of the pandemic and Zoom, technologies like Zoom, we can create hybrid events. So we could take that concert and send it globally, stream it globally, and the platforms are becoming so sophisticated that we can allow hundreds of anti-trafficking organizations to raise their own money through our concerts that we produce. That's optimizing philanthropy. And the last thing I'll say, and I have to thank Dr. Sandra Stone and the research lab, because when I met with them down in, in December, the goal was to look at a concert at spring break on the beaches of Tampa, late March of this year. What they taught me was how important the law enforcement community is. So I met with the assistant chief of police in Tampa on Wednesday. I meet with the former chief of police on Monday. I met with the sheriff of police on St. Petersburg Beach yesterday. They are so into it because we will acknowledge them on the stage. What is their human trafficking task force doing? 
What is the community doing? What is law enforcement doing? I got to say, in my history, I never thought I'd be partnering with the police. That's for sure. But uh, thank goodness to the research lab, who knows these people? They work closely with the law enforcement, and the law enforcement adores the data that these folks create and analyze and report back. It's criminology that they're looking at. What are trends? What are profiles? How do we stop this? How do we optimize and it's difficult to say you can end it. That's a hard phrase to say. I use the phrase disrupt and dismantle. But disrupting, I'm comfortable with. We can make a big difference. And not that you save one or save a 100 or save a 1,000. How do we save hundreds of thousands? Sports fans, I know that's a terrible phrase to use, but it's just a thing my family says. Um, and I get emotional on this, probably why I'm in the space. I have a daughter. You know, she's 31 now. But uh, these children die. They die, and you never hear it. Um, the average lifespan, you cannot qualify this data, but the average lifespan reportedly is about seven years. Whether it's suicide, overdose, murder, for young children as they, you can't even say progress through the human trafficking world, but as they stay in that particular area. That's horrendous, and no one knows this. So before I keep rambling, I want to make sure we get Dr. Sandra Stone up here because she knows the stuff better than anybody. And that lab is, is notorious in the, in the anti-trafficking space for the quality and quantity of what they do. And when I met with those police people over the last couple of days and one more on Monday, um, as I said, they depend on the information that this research lab is creating. So, again, optimizing philanthropy is huge. We are psyched about producing concerts. We just did with Jose Feliciano. Now, that reached an older audience, and we're just working on the streaming platforms. It's growing. And now we're talking about rappers and DJs and country artists on the beach March, the last weekend in March, and St. Petersburg Beach. And I have three departments of police who are psyched to put this on. That is cool to be able to produce a concert with that type of enforcement behind you. It's going to be dynamite. So that's, that's, I would like Dr. Sanders Stone to, to join me. I was so thrilled that she would join this panel. So everybody, if you can, just welcome Dr. Sanders Stone. I'll give you the microphone. One, one more time. Uh, let me just read Dr. Sanders Stone's uh, special bio here. And we had a great time um, at uh, Panera Bread a couple of days ago. So Sandra Stone, PhD, is a professor of crim criminology and the assistant dean of students at graduate studies at the University of South Florida. Dr. Stone is helping establish the University of South Florida's trafficking in persons lab as a data repository for human trafficking data and developing, this is important, developing an interactive digital resource platform to facilitate the connection of victims and services. So what does that last piece mean? Right now, you should know, and so few people, anybody know this signal? Have you ever seen this signal? Do you know what that means? Help. The hand signal for help. Okay, that's been out there for years. We have been promoting the hand signal for several years. In, in October, a woman was saved. A young girl was saved. She was abducted in Georgia, picked up in Kentucky because someone had seen this on TikTok, had seen that. We'd worked for years trying to move this thing along, and in one week, millions of people learned about that signal. So when you leave here, remember that. What do you do when you see that? It's really simple. You call law enforcement, then the human trafficking hotline. And now, 
Dr. Stone, I'm sorry I took the, the, the stage too much, but I want to turn it over to you. But that's a takeaway, right? That is a big takeaway. And remember, if you have friends who have children, 65% in 2020, 65% of the sex trafficking victims were lured into sex trafficking through Facebook. All right? Facebook. They can get into the most affluent communities and direct message. And they know how to find the vulnerable people. They know how to find vulnerability. I'm sorry. I'm just talking too much. Dr. Stone. Thank you. Um, I was told this was informal, so I didn't bring a PowerPoint slide or anything. So um, I just want to take a few minutes and tell you a little bit about our lab and tell you what we're doing. Uh, we are not a direct service facility. We are a research lab, but we've made it our goal to try to do what we can to support the work that direct service providers are doing out there on the front lines, and that includes law enforcement as well as the social service and healthcare and and other people that are trying to help victims and survivors. So um, this lab was started a couple of years ago by Dr. Joan Reed, and uh, Dr. Reed is a criminology professor at the University of South Florida on the St. Petersburg campus, and she has been doing research in human trafficking since about 2010 and was just recently acknowledged as the fifth most productive researcher in human trafficking in the world. So um, she really knows her stuff. And she was able to get an internal seed grant from the university a couple of years ago to establish this Trafficking in Persons Risk to Resilience Research Lab. A couple of other colleagues and myself had been doing some uh, work already with Sela Freedom, which is an anti-trafficking organization in Sarasota, and so uh, Dr. Reed asked us to join her lab, and there are a couple other faculty who are doing some work as well, some with law enforcement, some with service providers. So altogether, we're trying to figure out how can we make an impact? Uh, what can we do besides our own little research projects? What, what can we collectively do at the university that would make a major impact on this problem. So we uh, went about doing a needs assessment, and we've interviewed probably about 100 people right now from all different sectors, law enforcement, social services, um, the law area, different um, judges, court people, corporate people, philanthropists, clients um, of, of services, all, the whole gamut, just trying to say, how can we help you? What do you need so that you can, you can get help, so that you can uh, benefit from help, so you can do your job better? How can we help you? And so culling through all this information, there are a couple of real big themes that kept popping out for us. One was the need for more, more and better data. And I think there are a lot of statistics floating around out there, but the real truth is we don't know the extent of this problem. We really don't. And a lot of times, I mean, we look at law enforcement data. That's one indicator, but a lot of times people don't get arrested for human trafficking. They get arrested for something else. And so it gets coded differently. And even when we bring in, they bring in victims, they're not always given a charge of human trafficking or acknowledged as being involved in human trafficking, they're charged with prostitution or they're charged on some drug offense. So it's really hard to get good, accurate data. We really don't know. The One of the, the few centralized databases in the country is the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And in 2020, they reported they 
they handled over their hotline about 10,500 cases. But we don't know how many people are involved in those cases. So a case could have multiple people. There could be one person that several people called in and it got recorded as different cases. So not to belabor the point, (laughs) the point is we just don't have good data. And there's no one place where this data is um, is sent so that we can start trying to figure out the real extent of this problem. So we decided um, we'll start in Florida, and we decided that we would like to become the centralized data repository for human trafficking data in the state of Florida. Um, everybody thought this was a great idea, and uh, including we have a, a lead champion with Representative Jackie Toledo out of Tampa. <clears throat> Excuse me who has sponsored a bill in this current legislative session. It's House Bill 1439, if you care to take a look at it. But among other things, this bill incorporates the University of South Florida's Trafficking in Persons Lab as the central data repository for human trafficking data in the state of Florida. And if it passes, it would mandate law enforcement agencies, um, Department of Health, Department of Juvenile Justice, Department of Education, seems like I'm missing somebody, Um, but they would all be required as well as service providers uh, in the state of Florida that that receive federal or state funding to report their data to this hotline or to our, I'm sorry, to our data repository. So that way we can start really, really getting a handle on what's the extent of this problem in Florida. We hope we can expand beyond Florida at some point once we get this set up, but um, that would be really exciting. It would be a real giant step forward, and it would, it would be so much help to get good, accurate data so that we could get a good handle on the problem, know what we're looking at, and know better how to redirect our resources so that we can, we can have more of an impact. So that was one was the data side. The other side that we kept hearing from people was... Nobody, we're the first that would do this. Um, so we're really excited about it. Kind of groundbreaking, yeah. And I, I tell you, we've gotten a lot of support from people in Florida, in the administration in Florida. It's been uh, really nice to get the support. Um, so the second, the second part was there are lots and lots of people out there doing something, but they're all doing it independently, or maybe a couple of people are working together, but it's very, very siloed. It's very disconnected. And so the other thing we were hearing is it would be really nice if there was some way we could pull all this resource information together because we don't know who has beds. We don't know where there are vacant beds when we need an emergency bed for somebody. We don't know who provides medical services so that we can get help. How can we pull all this together? So the other piece is that um, we're trying to leverage technology and we're trying to um, establish uh, an interactive digital platform that would connect all the resources and services uh, together in Florida so that somebody could get real-time, accurate data on who's doing what and who might best serve their client in the moment when they need help. This would be, again, a really, really nice um, groundbreaking kind of thing to do. If you think about it kind of like the Uber app or kind of like the Open Table app, it would be you put in there, like, I've got a 16 year old African American male who needs an emergency bed. Where can I find one? And, you know, they would pop up immediately who has a vacant bed and where can I go? And I, I don't have to spend hours trying to call people around and, um, you know, 
waste a lot of time. I can get somebody immediate help. So those are the two big projects that we're working on right now in addition to the individual research projects each of us is doing. And those are the things that, um, you know, we could use a lot of help with trying to, trying to get the resources that we need to get these two projects off the ground, up and running, and operational quickly. Thank you, Sandra. So the last thing I wanted to say, and then we'll open it up to questions if there are any questions, is uh, first of all, I want to thank 361. Mark, thank you for the connections that we received. And Mitzi Purdue has been a super supporter. She helped write an article about Traffic Jam Live and Psychology Today. But one of my first connections at 361 asked me, what's your ask, Bo? Well, I had never actually received that question. And I said, well, we need money. And then I was like, oh, Bo, that was the worst answer. It's just the wrong answer to give. <laughs> so I'm like, well, i got to come up with a better one. So I could, what I didn't know about Dr. Sandra Stone and the University of South Florida, when I met with them in December, I just figured they're all funded by the University of South Florida and the, the state of – they're not – well, they are – but they can receive outside grants and funding to help a lot of their projects be efficient and get to this type of interactive uh, data center so people can find, where do I need to sleep tonight? What hospital can I go to? How can I get on an airplane and get out of here? Those types of things are pretty vital. So the last thing I'll share in terms of what our ask is, my revised way of stating it, is connections, networks, to people who are passionate about this. And we will be announcing in the summer something called sojoart.org, which is a for-profit side of this through a public benefit corporation. So you can actually make a return on an impact investment that funds the profitability to social justice through art, through music, and sculpture, and a few other things. But that will come out this summer. That's pretty much the extent of it, Mark. Thank you. We haven't talked that far about it yet, Mark. Perfect. Thank you. For, I want one question, if I could just ask one. Yeah. Yeah. The Super Bowl is the largest sex trafficking event of the country. Yeah. It's a dark shadow that we're trying to optimize to put a spotlight on it. And music is our disruptor, and data is your disruptor. Yes, Steve. Quick question. Is there anyone in Washington, D.C. leading the charge on this? 
there's a United States Advisory Council to Human Trafficking that was started, I'm going to guess, eight years ago. Let's just go with that. So we interviewed a woman by the name of Rachel Thomas. We got her involved with Traffic Jam Live. She's on the, the council. As the transition of power took place, we're still waiting to see what is the new direction there. It's still an emphasized thing. One of the best things that I've seen recently, about a week ago before I came down here to Florida, I read that Florida is putting out to look at making the sex buying a third-degree felony. Am I saying that close to right? Yeah, that, that's part of this bill. It's part of the bill that would make us the centralized data repository, but it, it moves the first offense from a misdemeanor to a felony. Right. So, man, we are the demand. We are the bad part of the equation. That's, uh, I'll end on that one. Um, one of the things Traffic Jam Live is trying to do also is create national PSAs to create awareness of just how bad it is. But we need professional athletes. That's our way to connect. Again, we're using music high-profile artists to draw people to just come in and listen to music and then learn a little bit that's going to surprise them. And these PSAs, I've been talking with uh, Alan Houston and, and uh, a couple of the NBA, the Knicks from where I'm from to be able to deliver a message of what happens when you, as a bunch of guys, call somebody for entertainment just to come over and maybe play pool, but you don't know what's behind that. This person is taking your money, but it's going to somebody else. When they go home, they're likely getting drugs, lucky to have a place to stay, but they showed up looking really nice. Anyways, it's, it's some raw stuff. I hope that helps you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I'll be at dinner. Sandra, if you can join us, it would be great. Good. Got it. Thank you. Come join our 361 firm community of investors and thought leaders. We have a lot of events created by the community as we collaborate on investments and philanthropic interests. Join us.